Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here, you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray that you are inspired by their teachings. Good morning, you're listening to the Naz Podcast, where the magic of the internet, with the magic of the internet, we're able to bring you some perspective on famous characters from the Bible whose insight still rings true today. I'm your host, Gil Fisherman. We also want to thank our sponsors for today's podcast. Campbell's Hearty Cream of Camel Soup. (laughs) The soup you can eat for days and days and never get thirsty. And Henway's Fine Food Emporium. What's a Henway? Oh, three or four pounds. (laughs) Uh, But... uh, Henway's Fine Food Emporium is a world market specializing in exotic foods, spices, mulch, furniture, and automotive parts. At Henway's, we make Walmart look puny. With us today are an old married couple from the book of Genesis, whose book we're highlighting today. It's entitled, Mom May Love You Best, But I've Got Dad's Blessings. The authors are Isaac and Rebecca. Good morning, folks. Tell us about the book. Well, 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 where do we start here? Let me, let me start right here. I got these notes here. <clears throat> Good morning. You're listening to the NAS podcast. I'll start you, old coot. Put your glasses on. You can't even see. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, yeah. My bad. Sorry about that. Well, Gil, we have twin sons, Jacob and Esau. Bup, 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 bup. That's Esau and Jacob. Uh, it's, it's Esau and Jacob. Esau was born first and... Here comes Jacob holding on to the foot. <laughs> so it's, it's Esau. Right. Well, my Jacob, he was so cute and cuddly. I just wanted to smother him with love. But Esau, he oh. was... Um, okay, you know, okay. Um, Esau was a little bit of a furball. Okay, we could say that. He was, he, was, he was furball. He was hairy. He looked like... Oh, what did he look like? One of them little um, Sasquatches. Yeah, this little... Those guys right there, you know what I'm talking about? He, he was a little bit hairy. And it kind of bothered Rebecca here first a little bit until she realized how he kept us warm at night. So, Oh, so you, you kept uh, Esau nestled between the two of you in bed? Yeah, sort of. I mean, she pretty much kept Jacob right there in that spot, but she put Esau down at her feet. But he kept our tootsies nice and warm, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Which was okay at first, Gil, until they reached about nine years old, and then they had to go to their own hammocks. You slept in hammocks? We lived in a tent, Gil. Oh, it's a tent. Sorry, so, uh, please, yeah. please continue. Yeah. Tell us more about your sons, Esau and Jacob. That's Jacob and Esau, oh, Gil. Here we go. My Jacob, he grew into such a handsome young man. He helped me all around the tent. He learned to cook and clean and dust and polish. Well, I mean, we, the, the tent gets real dusty when those dust storms yes, pop sir. up, Gil. That's, that's what you're talking about. Anywho, my Jacob, he was bright and clean-shaven mm. and handsome. Mm-hmm. And Esau was, um, he was kind of like a... Ewok. That seems so, harsh. Yeah, that seems harsh. I mean, yes, he was hairy, okay? <laughs> he was hairy. Um, Esau shaved every day, like at 7, 11, 1. 
Sometimes he'd grab a 330 in there every now and then, but by five he would shake. But but on, on, the, on the flip side, we made lots of money. I mean, thousands of draft months um, scooping up all that hair and making two pays for the balding nomads. It was kind of nice. They loved it. We'd make lots of money. Yeah, they it was loved it. When did he start shaving? Seven, at seven. Oh, no, 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 not 7 a.m. At what age? Seven, seven Gil. Gil. The age of seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He left hair everywhere, which did give the tent just a bit of an appearance of shag carpet, which was kind of nice because we were nice. the only ones that had that. So that was nice. I'm sure you're not exaggerating? No, Gil, not at all. Esau was so hairy. How hairy was he? <laughs> Esau was so hairy, the boys could never eat a sucker or a lollipop or an ice cream cone around the tent. For fear of getting hair in the food? No, because suckers and popsicles and ice cream had not been invented yet, Gil. <laughs> this was BC times, remember? Uh, she got you. Yeah, she got you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So tell me more. Uh, okay, well, anyhow, Esau, my guy, was with me everywhere I went. We, we, tending the fields, uh, you know, working out in the herds, the livestock, hunting. Well, we go hunting, I kept that boy right next to me everywhere we went. And Esau, was, Esau loved hunting? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Well, well, no, I mean, I mean, okay, here, here's the deal. Let's just be honest. He kind of looked like a little wild, hairy boar. You know, those little things. And, and so my eyes, my eyes are going bad. What was it, about 40, 50? No, about 60. About 60. About 60. I was losing, <laughs> losing everything was, right there. And, and, and truth be told, I was afraid if Esau get out there, I'd uh, boom, put a nail right in him. So <laughs> for his safety, I kept him right beside me yep, all the time. Yep. He's my boy. Yep. He's my boy. And as I said, my Jacob, he learned how to cook all sorts of game. His specialty, Gil, was goat stew. Mm -mm. It was so delicious. Mm -mm. Oh, my. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Let's, 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 uh, let's stop right there a second. It wasn't that good at first, okay? No, that's <laughs> let's, true. Not at let's first. Let's be honest, yeah, because true. when he started making that stuff, it, it smelled like a nomad's camel, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and it tasted like a nomad's sandal. I mean, just thinking about it. Uh, oh, hold on. I can taste. Ooh, I can taste it now. <laughs> Okay, okay. Anywho, spending some time with her back in the kitchen, though, I, I'll be honest, it got pretty good. He did. He got pretty good. He did. Yes, he became a famous gourmet chef. He now owns a chain of fine dining restaurants. You've probably heard of them. Cameron, Cameron Mitchell's Goat House. I am so proud of him, Gil. Well, so proud. I, I mean, that's great you're proud, but... <laughs> The fact is, he stole a whole lot of money from, he stole that money to open up that restaurant chain, okay? And he, 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 he tricked Esau out of both his birthright and his birthright, his firstborn blessing, okay? My Jacob is so smart, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He made a delicious goat stew and purchased Esau's birthright in one strategic lunchtime trade. Well, if, isn't that a nice little spin, Becky? <laughs> that's, a, that's taken, uh, I don't even know how you can, listen, my boy's out there working, tending the fields, livestock. I mean, he's out there all daggone day and he is famished, he's hungry, he's tired, and he comes in and here comes Jacob, old deviously just tricked him just tricked him into giving him all of his birthright for a daggone cup of stew. 
goat stew. Are you kidding me? And then later sometime, I mean, by then my eyes are, I can't, I mean, nothing here. And then he tricks me into making me think he's Esau to get his blessing. Mm-hmm. Smart, huh, Gail? <laughs> well, okay, okay. Granted, Esau's no rock scientist, I'll, I'll admit that. You, you mean Esau was no rocket scientist? No, I'm just saying sometimes he's dumb as a rock. <laughs> just, just, and, I mean, you know. And the pomegranate doesn't fall far from the tree now, does it, dear? If you say pomegranate, don't fall from the tree one more time. I'm telling you Okay, what. so we're, we're getting off track here, folks. Uh, so raising twin sons in BC times was as tricky as it is today? Oh yes, Gil, I have to tell you, children of any era tend to gravitate towards that parental figure whom shows them the most attention and support. Well, Nurturing them exponentially by simply spending time with them helps develop that child's self-esteem and their confidence. And thus today, Jacob and Esau are both successful community leaders mm -hmm. whom I'd like to add have resolved their differences and lead productive, stellar lives, especially my Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely said, Rebecca. Nicely said. Yeah, over Rebecca here, she's got her online degree from the University of Phoenix over at Kinland Branch. Yeah, she's got herself a, what, to, what is it? It's a master's. It's a master's, it's a master's. degree in child psychology. Oh, <laughs> and you, Isaac? Uh, I'm pretty much as a sheep herder. I, I, I work with smelly goats and sheep and camels, stuff like that. So no college degree? Oh, no, no, no. I went to the University of Michigan. <laughs> they, uh, they pretty much take anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, <laughs> hmm. You sound you sound just like an executive pastor. I know. <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, we've uh, run out of time for today's podcast. Our thanks to Mega Parents Isaac and Rebecca. Their book once more is entitled "Mom May Love You Best, But I Have Dad's Blessings." It can be found on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or where else, Rebecca? Wherever books are traded for Stu Gill. Oh, okay. Uh, any last comments, Isaac? Go blue. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say it. I can't say it. Can't uh, nicely put, David. I mean, uh, uh, Isaac. Um, <clears throat> this is Gil Fisherman reminding you to take every step forward. NAS family, good day. Well, give them a hand. Thank you so much. Welcome. If you're joining us online, they perform each and every week. And I'm sure you'll want to tune in to the NAS podcast when it's available. My name is John, and I'm the Outreach and Sports Pastor. It's a privilege to be up here today. And I just want to remind you a little bit of what they shared. Rebecca favored Isaac, and obviously, uh, I'm sorry, she favored Isaac, and that was her husband, right? Rebecca favored Jacob as her son. And Isaac favored Esau. And so maybe by a show of hands, how many of you have a favorite child? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and put your hands down. How many of you, it was the firstborn? I need to see my mom's hand here. Well, okay, all right. Well, I tried. Uh, just joking aside, let me say it's great to be up here this morning. And I want to talk to you today about 
uh, our study in the book of Genesis, looking at these two brothers who could not have been any different, Jacob and Esau, and how they viewed and valued God's blessing. And so today we're going to be looking at uh, Genesis chapter 25, 26, and 27 together. And we find that from the beginning, these two brothers had a struggle between them. We even read in verse 22 that inside the womb that they were wrestling and kicking, even more uncomfortable than it would be for a normal pregnancy. Here she has twins, and God tells her that inside of you, you have two nations. And she's like, no kidding, it feels like it right now. She said, you have two nations that are warring against each other. There's Esau, he was the outdoorsman. He was the man of the field. He was the one that woke up and told his dad what the trail, the trail camera showed every night and was excited to get out there. He was his dad's pride and joy. And then there was Jacob. He stayed inside with his mom. He didn't like to see the sun. He's the kid you couldn't convince to go outside. I'm sure he stayed in baking and probably instead of watching trail cameras, watched like the kids baking championship or something like that. Esau was a man's man. He was an act first, think later. But Jacob was one who desired a blessing. And so he conjured up this plan with his mom, Rebecca. And I often wonder why, as you read scripture, Rebecca and Jacob obviously deceive Isaac and send Jacob in to get this blessing bestowed upon him. Jacob deceives his brother to get the birthright. And throughout scripture, it praises Jacob and often condemns Esau. Why is that? And I think there's a little bit for us to understand here today together, looking at these two characters. Because the Bible praises Jacob you see time and time again, it lists Jacob as one of the founding fathers of the faith. As it refers to God, it often tagged his name as this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. And how somehow through his deceitful ways, it bypasses Esau, who was the firstborn, who was the one that should have been in that lineage of blessing to get to Jacob. And so when we look at chapter 25, I want to investigate that with you. You'll find that Jacob, it says, despised his birthright. He despised his birthright, his place in the order. And he did not associate being born first, something that he did not choose, something that happened. He didn't work for it. It just occurred in that manner he did not associate his birthright as being the firstborn to the blessing from his father. And so he despised his birthright. It says as far as Esau was concerned, there was no connection between his birthright and his blessing. In Hebrews faith chapter, chapter 12, which summarizes everyone's life and their faith it describes Esau in this way. You'll see it in the NLT version. 
starting in verse 16, it says, make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. You know, this shows something about who Esau was. Esau was a man who was not only focused on the outside fields, the next catch, the next challenge, the next capture. He was a man that was focused on the present. Esau was only present oriented. His focus was from this thing to the next and never about the future or the long term. Trying to relate this story to today, it would almost be like if uh, Prince William looked at his younger brother, Prince Harry, and was like, hey, I'm next in line to be king, but man, you make a killer soup. I'm just gonna eat your soup and you can just go ahead and be king. And how the headlines would just run with a story like that. How weird that would be. And Prince William not considering the longevity of that for his life. Here Esau's not considering the longevity of his decisions and sacrifices it for some soup. Esau was willing to disregard his position in line to receive his father's inheritance now to fill him in the immediate time and didn't consider what it would mean for him long term. I think today it's pretty relatable. There's a lot of us that can recognize people who are interested in the now interested in filling themselves now, in the immediate, in the things that you can receive instantly. The gratification that comes when it will arrive the next day instead of three or four days or a few weeks. Or when service is available and you can pick your stuff up now and I don't even have to wait till the next day. We can recognize a similar mindset that Esau had where people want things right away. They seek the pleasures, the comfort. They seek to be filled now, not considering the long-term effects of their decisions. Oftentimes when people choose to be happy now or they wanna be pleased now, it's often irresponsible and selfish. I see this playing out in many ways in our society, but it's happening in a few different conversations, even as of late, in a very similar context, and that is the context of marriage. Somebody is not happy. I'm not happy now. This isn't what I want. This isn't how I wanna live my life. This isn't what I wanna wake up to every single day. And so the person who is unpleased in the present will choose to selfishly disregard the future. 
The person who is discontent, who walks out on their spouse, walks out on their family, walks out on the immediate hope of self-gratification, of a new life, of a better now, doesn't recognize the long-term trauma that it causes. We see this pursuit of pleasure in the present often will separate you from God's blessing in your life. And this is Esau. And I want you to grab this quote. The minute you choose your earthly gain over God's future blessings, you will miss out on God's best for your life right now. The minute you choose your earthly gains over God's future blessings, you will miss out on God's best for your life. You see, a blessed life, a blessing is something that is future-oriented. Almost every week we ask you to stay in and put your arms out. We ask you to put your arms out before you leave the service and we offer a prayer of blessing. A blessing, not just for you to have in that moment, but in that moment you will take it forward with you that the message that you've heard, that the words that the Holy Spirit has stirred up in your heart will move you and guide you throughout the week, that no matter what you face the rest of that week, that you will take with you the information and the connection with Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life forward as you go out. That's why we do that. That's why we want to bless you before you leave, that you don't go from here now, praise and worship God, but you take that with you. You see, Isaac's blessing that he bestowed upon Jacob when he put his arm out and touched him, when he kissed his lips, it was intimate, but it was a moment. It says Isaac's blessing was divine favor moving forward. He gave him divine favor moving forward. And that's what a blessing is. It's a blessing is that your God's favor will be upon you as you move forward. And it's divine in nature. When you pursue to be filled with the earthly things, when you pursue to be filled with a break from life and a bottle each night, or when you pursue a drink to relax in that moment, when you pursue a relationship outside of your marriage and the good feeling of those few times that you're together, when you pursue the next purchase that steals from your planning, your saving, when you pursue the immediate, the gratification in the moment, you separate yourself from the blessing that God has for you in your future. And it feels good in the moment, but every single time, there's always something that lets you down, isn't it? You always feel the guilt after that decision. You always leave it unsatisfied. You always come up alone. You always feel regret and isolated. And that's exactly what happens to Esau. Esau runs back to his father and he starts begging, please give me a blessing, give me something, please. 
And through his tears, he recognizes the remorse of his decision. Asking Isaac, please give me something. Without the blessing, Esau was aimless, hopeless, and lost. He was counting on it. And Isaac had a genuine love for Esau. Can you imagine how much that must have tore him up? How upset he must have been that what he had, the one thing he wanted to bestow on the one son that he loved the most, he wasn't able to give because it had already been given. Every parent wants the best for their child. Every parent wants to give their child a better life, a better future than the one that they had. Every good parent wants that for their child. But do we pursue that in the long term? Or do we want it for them when they've made the choices? And they've chosen not to do that. Not to want that for themselves. Maybe some of you don't have children of your own. Maybe you wouldn't desire that because you can't connect with that. Maybe for some of you, you've been blessed and you've been given things. And I think it's important to know that the blessing of God came through the Father. The blessings of God came through Isaac and it was his role to bestow it upon his children, to pass it along. This divine connection of this blessing was supposed to pass through him. And maybe some of you don't have children to pass that along to. But it's pretty cool that we have opportunities here that you can take the blessings you received and pass it on. You see, time and time again throughout Scripture, we read that a blessing is not meant to be received and held on to, but a blessing is meant to be held, given, obtained, and then passed on and shared. We learned that last week. Your blessings are meant to go forth outside of you, beyond you, reach beyond you. And then maybe there's an understanding that we give up things we love for things we love more. I'm willing to give up an hour of my life not to coach basketball. We're not asking you to teach cheerleading. We're not asking you to babysit an upward. We're asking you, do you care enough about a kid in their divine connection to God that you would give up one hour a week to build a relationship and share Jesus. That's what it's about. We don't care about your win or loss record. We won't kick you out if your team's terrible. We won't kick you out if your girls don't know the cheers. But do they know who Jesus is? Have they experienced Jesus through you? Have you passed that on through the lineage of faith and connection that says, I value you enough. I've received this hope of eternity and it's not just for me to hold on to, it's for me to share. And man, I wanna share that with somebody. That's the best thing I can do is spend my time investing that into somebody else. The devil will tell you your schedule's too full. The devil will tell you your time's gonna be too filled. That you're not gonna be able to make every opportunity. You can't commit fully, you shouldn't commit at all. Don't consider this for the immediate now, it's just not gonna work in this season, but maybe in the future. He's gonna give you every reason not to. And God says, I've given you my son and he's the one reason you ought to. I think this is where I start to see the difference 
between these two men. You see, Jacob was living life in second place. Have you ever been in second place? Have you ever been just a step behind somebody else? Look at Genesis chapter 25, verses 22, 23, and 26 with me. It'll come up on the screen. In the NLT version, it says this, but the two children were struggling with each other in the womb, so she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? She asked. It's kind of funny because I remember when my wife was pregnant and my son was kicking and causing her sickness, morning sickness and just being upset. Nothing tastes right. She was uncomfortable all the time. And she didn't go to the Lord and ask, why is this happening to me? She knew the answer. She said, this is your fault. <laughs> you did this to me. I said, oh, you're a Proverbs 31 woman. You are blessed and highly favored. She didn't believe me. Then she saw our son. She goes to God and says, why is this happening to me? In verse 23, it says that the Lord told her, the son in your womb will become two nations. From the beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other. Your older son will serve your younger son. Verse 26, it says, then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Have you ever been there? Been the one where you weren't in line for the blessing? Have you ever been there? Been the one who's been in second place, who wasn't gonna receive the best prize, receive the accolades, receive the best in your life, but rather you found yourself always feeling like you're a step behind? like the odds are against you? Have you ever lived in a place where you didn't feel like you were favored? You were never voted most likely to succeed? You weren't preferred in your home, your neighborhood, your school? You never were promoted at your job? The odds were against you? Let me tell you something. The odds were against Jacob. He was just behind his brother and something he didn't have control over and in the first act of his life, he tried to grasp and change the outcome of the thing that would decide him, the pecking order of his life, his birth positioning. He grabs Esau's heel. Have you ever felt like you've just tried to grasp the blessings that seem out of your reach, the ones that everyone around you seems to have, the financial security, the great job, the time off, the vacations they get to have, the health of their kids, they don't have to take care of their aging parents, all of these things that, man, you wish you could have that, but it just doesn't seem to get you or come your way? Man, I started to read this in this got thinking that the Lord was telling me there's someone here today that would say, Pastor John, the odds are against me. I've not been in line for the blessing. I've not been the one selected to go forward. The odds are against Jacob. But here's something that the odds did not recognize. Jacob was a fighter. 
He was a fighter. Sure, he grabbed onto the heel. He came up with the scheme for his brother. He came up with the tactic to deceive his father. He was not comfortable staying in second place. And as I started to read this story, oftentimes I think we look down on Jacob for the method in which he obtained his blessing. We look at Rebecca and think, how could she as a mom pick one son over the other? What kind of mom would do that? But she knew that there was only one blessing to be had. And so she loved Jacob so much, she wanted the best for his life. But there's something that I think we miss when we read this story. The judgment that we often place on Jacob and Rebecca is often not considering what was prophesied about Jacob's life. At the end of verse 23, it says, one nation will be stronger than the other and your older son will serve your younger son. The blessing that Jacob aspired to obtain the blessing that came from his father that he desired so much that he thought about that he woke up every day desiring to be in that position of first place being the one that his father loved that his father paid attention to that his father would dream about his future the blessing that Jacob wanted was the prophecy of his life that he would obtain the blessing was prophesied over Jacob's life that he would be the recipient and his brother would serve and bow down to him. Some of you today who have felt like you've been in second place, you haven't been able to get to where you wanna go, you feel like all the best things are bypassing you, let me tell you something. If you pursue God, if you pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will get the best things from him. He has shared and prophesied that for you in your life, you can have eternity with him. And while the things of the earth will grow strangely dim, a connection and relationship with Christ is the best thing you can have. It will sustain you beyond the blessings, the pursuits, the accolades of this earth. Turn your attention with great fervor to receive the blessing that is divinely passed down to you through Jesus Christ. Let that, let that be your focus. Because here's what happens. God allows Jacob to be the one that's blessed. God allows Jacob to be the one that received the blessing because it was God's plan from the beginning. Listen, friends, some of you here today need to know that God can reverse the order of the blessings that are happening in your life. God can reverse the order. I used to have a guy in Texas, he worked as a, a greeter for our church. He volunteered his time each and every Sunday. And he had the same tagline, he'd say, Hey, Larry, how you doing today? He'd be, man, I am blessed and highly favored. Man, that's great, Larry, good to see you. He'd greet people, hey, good morning. they say, hey, good morning, Larry, how are you doing? He'd say, I am blessed and highly favored. And if you knew Larry as I got to know Larry, he was not a wealthy man. 
Larry got moved out of his house and had to downsize to a smaller place and needed help moving his supplies, which all connection pastors or pastors that are under the age of 30 seem to get that call to do. So I'm really excited for you to welcome Yahshua. <laughs> We're excited for him and his wife to be coming here. And I got to go to Larry's house and move his furniture and recognize this guy didn't have a whole lot. He didn't have the best high-end items. He didn't know what Ikea was. Larry was blessed and highly favored because he knew how the Lord looked at him. He knew how the Lord valued him. He knew that the things that he had on this earth could come and go, but the relationship and closeness with God was what mattered most. We saw that this week. This week we led a team of missionaries from our church, some men and women down to Florida. You'll see some pictures here of some of the devastation and to be honest with you, I can't really describe it as anything I've seen before except maybe photos of what you see of a war zone where everything is just completely lost. We'll flip through some of the photos here and you'll see just everything being completely removed gutted out of a home. The nails in the walls weren't even allowed to stay in this each and every post. We had to pull them out. That was my favorite sign. Looters will be shot. But what was there to loot for? These people lost everything. Everything. For three days, we worked hard. We were busting and moving. We were ripping out stuff. And we were so blessed to be able to meet every person's home that we went to. Deborah, the first day, who was actually from Gehenna, we took out some Buckeye gear that had gotten soaked. Later that afternoon, we were sent to Barb's house. And Barb was a lady who was living by herself, and she was just a mess. It was her first time walking back into her home. And all she really wanted to find were her son's ashes. Her son, who had overdosed three years before. Barb gave our team a scare. They started looking through things, and all of a sudden, Barb says, I'm grabbing the machete. <laughs> this eight-year-old woman grabs this machete and just starts killing this poisonous toad. She said it was poisonous. Just started chopping up this toad. Our team couldn't run out of there fast enough. <laughs> We had to pull Barb out so we could go back in. We worked on Phyllis's house and Phyllis's retreated up to Rhode Island, safety and security of her own. We went to Leanne's house and Leanne came in in tears saying, I didn't know how I was ever going to be able to recover from this. And I, we said, well, we've flown here from Ohio. And she said, I can't believe my blessing came from Ohio. Phyllis's family showed up and took pictures for her of what we had done. And this man turned around and looked at Mike Komet and myself. He said, you guys are angels. I haven't been called an angel lately. Unfortunately, it's not a good looking angel. But man, we were there because we were present. 
We were serving. As we're working on those two ladies' homes, Dave walks up. Dave is just a wreck. 67 years old, he's lived there for 30-some years by himself. The black mold infestation on his place was terrible. We had to throw our stuff away, gloves, clothes, everything. And Dave, at the end, you see, is the guy that we're praying with in that moment. We got to pray with every single homeowner. And we felt this message to tell them that you're not alone. You're just not alone. God sees you right now. You're not alone. I think some of you have felt like you've lived your life in second place, that some of God's blessings have missed you. And I wanna tell you today, the same message is true. You're not alone. You feel like your world may have collapsed around you. There's been decisions that have been made around you that you're not alone. And I started to think how wrong it was for Rebecca to want this for Jacob, that she would deceive her own husband. But she recognized that Isaac had only one blessing. And it hit me. God had only one son. And Isaac could only reach out and touch one person and bless him and put him in the lineage and connection that would ultimately lead to Jesus Christ's birth. And she aspired that for her family, for her son. She wanted what's best. And God, with only one son, aspired so much for you to be connected into the lineage, into the family of himself, that you would spend eternity with him, that he said, I'm willing to sacrifice a son and send him so that you could be blessed and have a relationship with me. And it started to change my mindset on blessing. Oftentimes we like to say things like, God bless you when you sneeze. Why do we say that? I don't know. Someone used to think you were dying. But we say it. In the South they say, bless your heart. Oh, bless his heart. You know why they say that to you? Because they think you're stupid. <laughs> they do. It's a nice way of saying, I want to bless you because you need help. <laughs> Will you stand with me this morning? It changed my perspective on blessings. Blessings are intended for the future because a blessing from God is an inheritance passed down from generation to generation. It's a divine inheritance to be passed down from generation to generation. And if Jesus Christ is the best thing you've ever received, then he should be what you desire to pass down and bless the next generation and pass it forward. Before I walked up on the stage today, I got a text. It said, John, 34 years ago, at Grove City Church of the Nazarene, we dedicated you to the Lord on this very day. 34 years ago. And there's steps along the way where I was Esau. I chose the gratification of the now. I chose the pleasures of the world in the immediate. 
I tried to fill myself with what felt good in the moment. And I stepped off the path of God's will for my life. And there's daily temptations that come where it's the devil's desire to separate me from the plan that God has for my life. And in those moments, I need the prayer and support and I need the blessing of the Father that says, I have hope for your future. You are divinely called to something bigger than yourself. And I started thinking about this song, The Blessing. And what it's like to raise your voice and speak a blessing over you and your kids. And what it was like for that congregation 34 years ago to pray a blessing over my life. That now I'm a recipient and I hope today through the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm passing that along. I'm passing that along to people in Florida. I'm passing it along to kids that I'm coaching. I'm passing it along to you today. So as we sing, will you posture yourself with your arms out this morning? Will you receive the blessing? And will you bless others with the life, with the hope of Jesus Christ? Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.